The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series created by Mercedes Lackey and Steve Libby, presenting Book Three, World Well Lost, Moving Mountains, Part One, written by Steve Libby, read by Veronica Jaguer. Ramona regarded the file cabinets that lined the storage room she had confiscated when the power was shut off for good in her former building. When she and the other Echo Ops detectives scattered throughout the remains of the campus, she assumed it would be a temporary relocation while work was done on their building. Instead, several super-strong metahumans set to hauling away rubble and tearing out walls under the supervision of a demolition expert. Soon all that was left was a desiccated forest of girders. At first... The windowless storage room seemed a warm, safe den, but locked in with a litany of miseries, she longed for the relentless Georgia sunshine and humidity. And something green. Her stomach rumbled. Screw this, she announced to the cabinets and the mess at her desk. She stood, tapping out a cigarette to authenticate her excuse for a break. She nudged the door open with her foot. Instead of an empty corridor, a man blocked her entrance, large and burly, silhouetted by the hanging utility lamps. The tips of Ramona's shoes touched his before she stopped herself with a tiny yelp. At last, growled the man, his face still indistinct. Ramona's heart skipped a beat. Her eyesight narrowed, time slowed, and her limbs braced for an attack. A hand reached out to steady her. The aroma of expensive cologne wafted past her nose. I swear to God, if you direct me to another secretary, I'll have you all up on interfering with official business charges, or jackassery, or whatever I can think of. The man's basso voice carried the cultured drawl of an upper-class Atlanta native. Ramona pushed him back into the light and saw an immaculately dressed black man with a suitcase and outraged authority written all over him. His visitor's badge had been hastily cobbled together from an old Echo business card and half a burnt-out ops ID, as official as Echo could manage these days. He was obviously not a threat, but she remained tense. Easy, pal, she said. I'm sure I can help you do whatever it is you think you need to do. Um... Who are you? Raphael Heath, Georgia Department of Transportation. He flashed her an ID. Legal department. A lawyer. A state lawyer, ma'am, and if there were a law against passing the buck, you'd be the only woman left standing here. Heath shoved past her and slammed his briefcase on her desk. Her papers floated away. Would you like to know when I arrived at your facility? Shoot. 9.36 a.m. She shrugged. Meetings can suck the life right out of you. A meeting would have been most welcome. Heath unlatched the briefcase. Did the Nazis burn up every comfortable chair in this place? I'll need months of physical therapy for my posterior from sitting in folding chairs or on boxes. Waiting. Ramona lit her cigarette. Yes, sucks to be you. No, it sucks to be you, because I'm appointing you the liaison whether you like it or not. That made her bark a smoky laugh. (laughs) K 
get in line, Heathrow. I haven't got time for more red tape nonsense. It's a miracle they haven't asked me to wash windows yet. Why don't you talk to... Heath thrust a sheaf of papers in her face. Shut up and read this. I swear I am at my last nerve with you people. The cover sheet bore the Georgia State Seal in gold foil. Ramona snatched the papers from him before they fell. You know, I'm hardly the person to talk to about this. I'm a detective. I don't care. Heath punctuated the snarl with a vituperative click of the briefcase latches. In fact, I don't care if the city sues the tats off, you idiots. Tesla whines about respect and Echo's mission, then slaps the governor's office in the face. I'm sure I haven't the slightest idea what you're going on about. Heath shook his head. I'm serious. I do not give one good goddamn. Y'all made your bed and you can lie in it. Just do it somewhere other than Atlanta. He straightened his shoulders and made to leave. Then a vicious smirk creased his face. Oh, and extend my thanks to Tesla for this little dose of southern hospitality. The title of the cover sheet delivered the bad news in a typeface precise, small and sharp as a razor. Executive Order. The permanent and irrevocable removal of William Wrights from the state of Georgia. It hit her all at once. Christ. Bill, you poor, rocky son of a bitch. The windowless room would have been wreathed with smoke in an earlier time. Now, with a temporary air conditioner struggling against the torrid Atlanta night, it retained the murky, damning haze of decades' worth of hard decisions. No effort had been made to decorate the walls. Leather executive chairs showed signs of wear that had never been polished. Only the circular table gave clues to the wealth of advanced technology outside the doors. Its surface was an entire touch computer display. Ramona hesitated at the threshold of the fabled back room. Alex Tesla occupied the seat directly across from the door. To his left was Yankee Pride, out of uniform, arm in a sling and neck encircled by a brace. Spin Doctor, immaculate in a pale green suit and slicked back blonde hair. And oddly, Lloyd Jones, a janitor from the former administrative building, with an expression of uncharacteristic authority. Tesla gestured to the empty seat. Good to see you, detective. Uh, Thanks for your help in this. Tesla's tone conveyed none of the usual affability. He fidgeted with a red manila folder, thick with documents. Ramona felt a ball of tension in her stomach, growing. It was Lloyd who opened the meeting. We're here today to discuss the executive order regarding William Wrights and his presence in the state of Georgia. That this order nearly disappeared in a pile of red tape and confusion is a matter for another time. He glanced at Tesla, who remained expressionless. But we have it. We've reviewed it, and the notes made by our attorneys, and feel that immediate action is necessary. Ramona leaned forward. So what, Lloyd? Are you the secret echo attorney? You're going to file an appeal? Mr. Jones' position in Echo is classified detective, Tesla said. Suffice to say that his role in this decision and operation is crucial and not to be questioned. I wasn't questioning, 
Ramona said, spreading her hands. Okay, I was, but I'm confused and really worried about Bill. When she spoke the mountain's name, Tesla shuffled the folder ever so slightly, the way an employer would with a pink slip, and making her even more nervous. She wondered if she could smoke in the back room. With the dulcet tones of a health guru, Spin Doctor spoke. We're all worried about him, Ramona. Mr. Wrights is one of us. The question, I'm afraid, is whether we can protect him or not. Of course we can, she blurted. That's why you're here to spin this thing into something positive for Echo, right? Hero of the invasion under attack from Jackass Governor or some such. Get the public behind us until the jerk has to relent. The smooth-talking metahuman seemed pained. Alex, he said, but Tesla cut him off with a smooth gesture. Spin Doctor settled back into his chair, defeated. We've been over it and over it, word by word, phrase by phrase, Tesla said. The language in the document is aggressive, the legal equivalent of an airtight seal. The sort of bureaucratic maneuvering that conspiracy theories dream of, only it's common in the day-to-day operation of state and federal government. Thus, the extensive passages prohibiting all the ways the mountain would ordinarily be moved out of state, on foot, by train, by truck, and so on. He rubbed the bridge of his nose. You're getting a peek at the secret world beneath the facade, where policy is planned ten moves in advance with the complicity of industry, government, and law enforcement. Echo participates by necessity. His voice softened. The fact is, Detective, that Mr. Wrights is the albatross around Echo's neck, and I prayed it would never come to this. Come to what? Tesla ran his palm over the tabletop, which sprang to life with an enlarged image of the executive order. Lloyd tapped his finger on the table, causing a cursor to appear and highlight a passage. Please realize that the dense legalese serves to mask the understandings made between Echo and the federal government regarding Mr. Wright's status. What you're about to hear is highly classified, and we are entrusting you with that information that, if leaked, would jeopardize Echo's mission and your own personal safety. Do I make myself clear? Her heart raced. Do I have a choice? Not one you would care for, believe me. Then yes, you bet. My lips are sealed. With a significant clearing of his throat, Lloyd continued. Echo came to an understanding with the government regarding Mr. Wright's case. In 1992, the year of his birth, shall we say, which caused the destruction of the Stone Mountain Monument, the government contracted Echo to terminate Mr. Wright's with all due speed. Ramona couldn't believe her ears. Terminate? A strike team was assembled at once, but... Upon engagement, the DCO determined that Mr. Wrights only posed a threat due to his size, not his temperament. His elevation to metahuman status had severely traumatized him. He was a victim. Echo appealed the government's mandate. A new metaphor is not to be trifled with, yet our assessment was that Mr. Wrights required containment, not termination. 
For a fact, the collateral damage from attempted termination of a thousand-ton stone giant outweighed the risks involved in containment. We proposed an alternative approach to which the government conditionally accepted. Then we set about calming the agitated Mr. Wrights to bring him to a point of management. Ramona pictured a strike team of dozens of metas surrounding Bill as though he was straight out of a Godzilla movie. Bill's transformation must have been horrible enough without being confronted by a deadly battalion of metahumans. How did you do it? One of our empaths, who sadly perished in the Thule attack, was able to soothe Mr. Wrights to the point that he was capable of understanding communication. DCO promised Echo's assistance in trying to reverse his transformation. Our scientists set up a temporary facility at the base of Stone Mountain to study his unique physiology. The table lit up with a video shot at the time of the mountain, seated, surrounded by scaffolding. Texts swarmed over him performing indeterminate tasks. Obviously, our efforts to return him to a human state failed, Tesla said. However, that was only a secondary goal. No one in the history of metahuman manifestation has been able to remove metahuman attributes from a recipient. Sometimes the powers fade for various reasons, but as they say, once you've gone meta, you can't go back. You act like it's a disease. In a metaphorical sense, it is. And in the mountain's case, we couldn't cure the patient. So... Using subsonics, we induced a perpetual state of catatonia while we searched for humane ways to... He opened the mysterious folder. Put him out of his misery. Ramona leapt to her feet. Whoa, hold on a minute. We're talking about a human being here. In point of fact, we are not, Lloyd said, his face controlled. Mr. Wright's transformation was so complete that... He essentially became another type of life form. You're talking about a witch trial. Murder. Lloyd Jones shook his head firmly. Extreme circumstances call for decisive measures. Go easy on the lady, Lloyd, Tesla said. This is hard for her to hear. I'm merely stating the facts. Lloyd Jones tapped at several icons. Images of the mountain dashing Thule war machines out of the sky lit the table. Ramona could see herself on his shoulder, barely two pixels in the display. Of all people, you were to witness to the power of this being. We had him under control, hidden away in Stone Mountain. The fears of the government were assuaged, the public forgot about him, and Mr. Wrights himself was in the best possible situation from one so afflicted. Tragedy had been averted and remained so for twelve years, until the invasion. Lloyd stopped speaking. His cold silence enveloped the room like a caught breath before taking a plunge. Ramona and the Metas waited. Something was about to unravel. We did what we had to do. People were dying. Wrights was our ace in the hole. Thus, sacrifices were made, Jones spat back, and they continue to be made. The photos of Bill, 
the mountain were dwarfed by the two battling titans in the back room. She had lost her patience, craved a cigarette, and hated the way these men were so comfortable bickering abstractly over Bill's face. That's enough. She slapped the table. All eyes turned on her. I really don't give a damn what kind of cockswinging you two do in the office. Bill, my friend Bill, deserves to live. He saved your goddamn lives, all of you, because I asked him to. Mr. Tesla, sir, are you going to tell me that you treated Bill Wrights as if he were an expendable one-shot missile? Tesla kneaded his hands on the table. It's part of the job. Our status as extra-legal doesn't release us from that obligation. But Bill didn't volunteer. You didn't hire him. All you did was dope him up until he'd be useful to you. Twelve years? Is that even legal? Legally, we were obligated to terminate him, assuming we could find a safe way to do so. Estimates for the necessary amount of explosives range too widely. And what if we only wounded him? The resulting devastation from a homicidal giant on a rampage would be our fault. Bill would never do that. He's a good man. A good man who, in all likelihood, has been driven insane by his predicament. We can't risk the lives of civilians or operatives based on simple arguments over ethics, Detective. Please, this is hard enough for us. Dispense with the good guy, bad guy mentality for a moment and think. Her head was spinning. She crumpled into her seat. Think of how to kill him? No thanks. The science team has been grappling with that question for years, Lloyd said. We don't expect you to solve the problem on the spot. You do, however, have a role to play. Oh, Choi, Ramona groaned. Tesla cleared his throat, but Lloyd silenced him with an upraised hand. Miss Ferrari, please listen to me very carefully. Somehow, you succeeded in waking the giant up. Once Wrights decided to become active, he disregarded them completely. This suggests that the subsonics had never worked, and Mr. Wrights put himself into a trance. The guy was seriously depressed, Lloyd. And you coaxed him out of that state. He listens to you. Cares about your opinion of him. It's called friendship. You should try it sometime. Lloyd only smiled. Consider this an order, detective. You are to persuade Mr. Wrights to end his own life. Her chest tightened. The faces around the table had become mask-like, with the exception of Smin Doctor, whose always expressive features registered honest misery. The back room transformed in an instant from a curious new place in her life to one alien and unforgiving, forever burned into her memory. The light seemed to have dimmed. Without thinking, Ramona plucked her badge out of her jacket. With numb fingers, she let it drop to the flashing tabletop. I can't, she whispered. Don't ask again. I just can't. Get her out of here, Lloyd growled. Let's not be hasty. This is an open forum, Tesla began. Lloyd jabbed a finger at him. Like hell. 
you are the head of this organization, why you insisted on opening this discussion up to underlings in the first place is beyond me. I, I don't know, Tesla spluttered. With the current, I, I just thought. That kind of thinking got us into this mess. He glared at the other occupants in the room. You're dismissed. All of you. Spin Doctor lurched to his feet, obviously eager to escape the conflagration. Ramona was of half a mind to join him and leave the turbulent room to the upper management clash of egos, but her hand brushed the badge returned to her. Crossing her arms, she let her outrage fuel her natural-born stubbornness. I'm not leaving. There's too much at stake for theatrics, Lloyd said. A man's life is at stake. A man who saved lives. Can you really betray him with a clear conscience? Boyd glowered under her assault, but said nothing. She pressed her advantage. I am sick to death of hearing you coldfish bicker about how to kill a good man. You should be putting that energy into celebrating his life, not ending it. Oh? Lloyd sneered. Shall we throw him a parade? Ramona pictured Bill rolling down Peachtree on an immense parade float, skirted with flowers and ribbons, clouds of confetti dancing in the air, cheering throngs on either side. As he waved at the crowds, his massive arms uprooted telephone poles, but no one cared. He was a hero. She blinked, twice. When she glanced up, she saw the same idea forming on Spin Doctor's face. They locked eyes and tentatively smiled at each other, a conspiracy of hope. Why not? she said, lightness coming into her heart at last. Ramona declined the offer of a helicopter ride out to Stone Mountain, preferring to drive, despite the traffic inching out from the city center. As drivers rolled their eyes at every tantalizing opening that afforded a mere lurch, Ramona shut off her AC and rolled down the windows. The reek of exhaust fumes and semi-liquid asphalt hit her with a palpable wave, infusing the air of her car with the mechanical world's own inhuman steel and glass sussurus. On such a landscape that Nazi troopers trod in their metal shells, isolated from the world outside, which could be the surface of the moon for all it mattered to them. And above was the province of the spherical war machines, each surrogate moon cut free from the ties of gravity and sense. It offended all of her senses, this heat, this stench, but reminded her of the overarching reason for the situation she found herself in, and that she would be explaining to Bill in a few short, or long, minutes. The plan that she and Spin Doctor proposed to the Echo Management had been a masterpiece of improvisation, surely impossible without the subtle psychic influence of the metahuman PR hack. Oddly, everyone in the room was aware his powers had entered the fray, assuaging concerns, obscuring the details, derailing firm convictions, yet no one objected. Better to be deceived by the best liar on the planet than to throw in the towel on their comrade. In a sense, the buck had been passed back to her and Spin Doctor. If they failed, the blame would fall upon them. As desperate as she was to deliver Bill to his new home, the alacrity with which Tesla passed accountability over to her disturbed her. She wasn't leadership, not even management. Hell, she didn't have an office, yet Echo's response to an executive order now hinged on her ability to mobilize enough resources to move a hundred-foot man of stone across three hundred miles. If Daniel didn't come through, she pushed the thought out of her mind. 
Her gym days were paying off. She only needed 30 seconds to catch her breath after clambering up the hastily erected ladder with the heavy backpack. She took one last deep breath through her nose and caught the unmistakable whiff of brimstone, in which spirit she lit up a cigarette. Knock, knock, she called out. In response, rocks tumbled and Stone Mountain shook. Bill had taken time to enlarge his abode to allow for greater maneuverability. Seated, he scooted around to regard her. Expecting you, he rumbled. Yeah? You develop super rock hearing now? She set her pack down and pulled up the lawn chair she'd installed in his lair. Little bird told me. The deep rolling tones of his voice carried something darker beneath. Uh-oh. Which little bird? Corby? That bitter old limey. Metaphor, Ramona. He paused. Something legal. Government. Hell and blast, she thought. Who snitched? Some low-life op resentful about Stone Mountain Sentinel duty, probably. She would make someone miserable for this. Well, no idea what you mean, big boy. I mean, isn't the government always up to something? Clear me out. Damn. Look, Bill, it's not as bad as it seems. Worse, she knew. Georgia can't fix both your potholes and the damage corridors. The budget's stretched thin. We've worked out a reassignment for you to Texas. Nothing you can harm there. Stroll around at leisure, get out of this hole, watch the clouds. Cowboy stuff. You know, big sky territory. Montana. Big sky. Texas. Armpit of America. You said it, not me. I can't imagine the locals will argue much with you. The mountain craned his head as if thousands of tons of granite were not suspended above him, as if rolling his eyes to the heavens could mean anything. Ramona had become used to the giant's achingly slow body language. Exile, he announced. She bit her lip. It's not Echo's idea. Tesla cashed in half his political goodwill who arranged the parade. They've made you a hero. Already was. Incredibly, the mountain began to hum, like a thousand bulldozers, a tune almost intelligible through the heavy vibration, and strangely suited to it. Nobody wants him. They just turned their heads, Bill muttered, as much as a skyscraper can mutter. The words seemed familiar, hearkening back to her youth. Wait. Sabbath? Was teenager once too strange. Ozzy sums up my life. Uh, pal? I wouldn't share that little joke with anyone else. Remember, vengeance from the grave kills the people he once saved? Silence. I'm just saying. Governor. 
Ozzy then, too. The mountain opened and closed his fist. No hope for it. Monster. Not safe. Not ever. Christ. The guy couldn't even quote Ozzy without getting miserable. How was she supposed to prepare him for this? Deciding that pictures were worth a thousand cheesy lyrics, she unpacked the projector and laptop from her knapsack. She felt his eyes on her back as she plugged it into the power outlets running from outside. The darkness of the cave negated the need for a white screen. Colors shone bright on the dry granite. She fired up the projector. Can you see this? PowerPoint. Like good old days. In ten-foot-high letters, the title read Wright's Evacuation Plan, a file she put together for him since there was no way he could read a typical printout, which would be tantamount to a grain of rice inscribed with the Declaration of Independence. An Echo logo adorned the template in authoritative blue. Click. Okay, three easy steps. One, get you to the coast off Savannah by Wilmington Island. Two, escort you around Florida and the Gulf of Mexico. Three, guide you through unsettled corridors to new Texas stomping grounds. Capiche? Without destroying anything. Impossible. Give me some credit. Click. A photo of a Ferrari heavy cargo hovercraft dwarfing a fishing vessel. Negotiated use of three of these bad boys. Handy to have a cousin in the industry. Total capacity 1,500 tons, enough for you and your luggage. Click. A diagram from the civil engineer showing the arrangements of the cargo hovercrafts under the mountain. You'll have to fold your arms. That okay? Hmm. When we have less clearance, for example, if we can't avoid an overpass, you'll just dangle them. It will be slow, slow going, but will adhere to the rules specified by the court order. You can't set foot on Georgia soil. Set foot. Get it? Silence. More sullen than last time. Don't do this to me, Bill. We need you on board for this one. Otherwise... Otherwise, what? His rumble contained an edge of menace. She cleared her throat. Otherwise, they will cease efforts in containment and implement Plan B. Trust me, you don't want them to try Plan B. The mountain shifted his shoulders, causing the cavern to shake. His bulk became evident larger than many buildings, besieged by self-hatred, and now tiny, vindictive little humans with whom he had less and less in common. Bill Wrights had become a walking force of nature, and it was evident that she had made him angry. He made an immense fist that shed dust and bubbles. Let them... You've been listening to The Secret World Chronicle, written by authors Mercedes Lackey, Steve Libby, Cody Martin, and Dennis Lee. Read and produced by Veronica Jaguer. Featuring music by Antarabay. Investigating the Phantom Signal. Courtesy of MusicAlley.com. 